We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. A lovely day after a tough weather week for many of us. Let's go outdoors. Steve Carney joins us. Steve Carney Outdoors.com. Been a part of the weekends for years here on News Talk E3OWCCO. And uh, Steve, rules and regs, big part of what we do in the outdoors. And you, you've got news and a change. Well, it's not totally imminent, Steve. Good afternoon. I am on the ice right now. Thank goodness. I've been bunkered in like everybody else. It feels good to get out. But yeah, there's two things that are kind of uh, rising right now. One is uh, banning lead tackle, and the other one is, you know, dropping the limit, walleye limit, from six to four. So that's a tough one. I, I'm not really in favor of that. And, you know, the DNR has been uh, counseling the legislature about this issue, and the DNR thinks there's no biological reason to lower the limit. But an interesting thing, Steve, is um, I had a chance to speak to the legislature about three years ago about kind of the status of hunting and fishing in Minnesota. And I had a buddy of mine who rubbed elbows with these guys all, you know, all the time at the Capitol. And I said, well, when you have a chance, when you talk to these guys, ask them if they have a fishing license. So he did, got back to me a couple of months later. Three out of four legislators did not have a fishing license. So what that's telling you is you've got people who don't fish telling you that you can't keep six walleyes. So it's that, you know, ironic political thing. But, um, you know, the South Dakota and North Dakota really have it figured out. They've got a four and an eight, a four, uh, four fish limit with eight in possession. So what that does is it keeps the tourists, the out-of-town people there for an extra day. They spend more money. They stay at hotels and they can go out the next day and take another limit. And that's, brilliant and i wish minnesota would do something like that so we're going to have to see um you know how this shakes out it seems like the, the there's it's a 50 50 thing when you talk to people about it but when you really get down to it not many people catch six walleyes you know in a day anyway especially in minnesota so maybe it's a moot point yeah and steve i i, I think when you start talking limits etc um i always get back to how Malax has been managed, and I know that there, there, there's a lot of things that play into what goes on with with the regs at Malax and uh, the slot, and you know when you can keep fish and when you can't. But you know it, it is a lightning rod issue, and you talk about changing limits, people get fired up. Yeah, you know Malax is kind of an anomaly. It's it's you know its own system. Um, it's yeah. funny because I talk to people you know that live on the lake and guide on the lake, and they say walleye fishing's never been better. Yet we're being told uh, 
by everybody else that it's crashed. So it's that's a whole different issue. But people have to keep in mind, Minnesota has got very confusing regs for a lot of different lakes. We don't have a blanket six, you know, fish limit, you know, throughout the state. There's some lakes you can take two, some you can take four, some have a minimum 15 inch. So you really got to pay attention what's going on. And the bottom line is I think we're awfully overregulated as it is. And if you have to read the book and it takes you about three days to try to decipher everything because it's very complicated. So I'm hoping really that it, it stays where it is and let's enforce the rules we have and stick with what we're doing. And, you know, if you remember last year, Steve, they passed that uh, uh, bill about um, regulating the, the sunfish and dropping the limit from 10 to 5 on about 70, 80 lakes throughout the state. That's a good idea because big bluegills are a tougher thing to find. It's more of a rare fish, and I think that's great. But let's leave the walleyes alone, shall we? Um, uh, about uh, lead tackle, I, I know there, there are biological reasons. Uh, the concern is is that uh, some of the lead sinkers, if you will, can end up in the, the gullets of waterfowl and cause problems. Yeah, you know, the jury's kind of out on all that, Steve. I think it's yep. proven that it has been an impact, but um, a lot of the anglers are pushing back on it because the alternatives are tungsten and other alloys that are really, really expensive. And that could, you know, affect, um, you know, people, you know, participating in fishing because of the cost. I mean, one tungsten jig is a dollar versus a leadhead jig that could be like 19 cents. So there sure. is a financial thing there, but... Between you and me, it's going to happen. I think it's a good idea. Um, they're probably going to say everybody who has lead tackle can keep what they have and kind of grandfather that, but there won't be any more sold. That's probably what's going to happen. But I do think it's a great idea, and you know it's coming probably within the next year or two. Yeah, no, a n- number of years ago there there were restrictions on lead shot, for instance, and waterfall hunting, et cetera. Uh, for those those reasons, but you know any of those changes in regs, so the, that gets people's attention, and, and it's good that there's a spirited debate and that people weigh in that care about the outdoors and fishing and hunting. Uh, believe me, uh, one thing I've learned in my life: uh, if, if you contact your your legislator, that that does have an impact. They 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 want to hear from constituents. They want to get feedback. Take the time to do it. You have to do that, Steve. That's the only thing we can do is pressure the legislators. And, you know, that that's all you can do, you know, emails, writing, whatever you can do, and let them know how we feel. So we'll have to see how this all shakes out. Uh, otherwise, it looks like the regulations are kind of where they're going to be for a while. And um, Red Lake is going to stay about the same. Lake of the Woods is going to stay about the same. So we'll kind of see how it goes. Yeah, I, I got a buddy I work with that's, headed up to Lake of the Woods with his boys for some ice fishing, and uh, they got good reports. Um, they, they they talked to another group that was up there and said, you know, the, you, you get late in the year in, into March, and it's uh, pretty good stuff going, making the trip. Well, yeah, we're running out of places to fish, Steve, with all yeah. the snow. You know, we got blasted up here uh, in the north country, and I barely got out on the lake this afternoon. There's a lot of drifts, and... Most people have pulled all their houses, so now the alternatives are going to be Red Lake, Lake of the Woods, uh, Grand Rapids area, way northwest in Minnesota. There's still good fishing to be had, but 
again, this uh, snow that we got really has complicated things. But we got a ton of ice, I'll tell you that. We got about 24, 26 inches. Oh, wow. And I, I'm right up to my, uh, I've got an extension on my auger, and I'm right at the end of it. <laughs> that tells you how much ice we got. All right, Steve, what's the bite been like? What, what have you found out there? Because we had the big weather move through, and now it looks like we have a stable, quiet weekend. Yeah, I think it's going to get better as we get through the week. I've been dealing with these big bluegills this afternoon, and they're very touchy, and and they usually are after a front that comes through. We had that serious 25 below, and it obviously affects the fish. So I've got four or five on the ice, really nice gills. They're just very lethargic and um, very typical. But as we get through this week, if the weather stays stable, it'll uh, it'll be really good by the end of the week. All right, Steve, always good to visit with you. Thanks so much for the time. We'll we'll do it again in a week. That's my pleasure. Thank you much, Steve. All right, there he is, Steve Carney. Steve Carney outdoors, uh, joining us on the water, and you know he he gets after it year round. Uh, got a good gig. Uh, Rob Dreesline joins us. Outdoor news tomorrow between five and six. Here on News Talk eight three zero WCCO. Our outdoors coverage continues once again. Rob Dreesline, and from the Outdoor News with his show, Sundays between 5 and 6. It is 4.15 here at News Talk, E3O-WCCO. We'll we'll talk some college hoops. Bad news for the Golden Gophers. Their prized recruit isn't coming. The big guy from California Wants out of his letter of intent. We'll get into that here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. How good was it to hear that Twins game earlier today? After this weather week, and say what you want about the the winter storm. I I can't believe all the people that got riled up that said, well, it wasn't as bad as they said it was going to be. It's like we were disappointed that we didn't get five feet of snow and we're stranded at home for days. I, I I don't know what to make of what that was in the forecast. Now, I will freely admit that I was expecting more than what we got. And as someone who was born here and lived here my entire life, by that meaning upper Midwest, I, I've lived outside of the cities at times in my radio career, a couple of years plus on Montevideo, and then uh, almost 10 years in Sioux Falls, but I, I, I've lived in the upper Midwest my entire life, so I know all about winter. I was born in St. Paul once upon a time, so I know all about it, familiar with it. I'm a local, um, and Sure, the forecast came out early. It was going to be a big one. Um, It was going to cause disruptions. And the thought being that it maybe didn't live up to the hype, but it was still pretty bad. So I, I don't know what to make about all of that. And there have been some Twitter battles and hurt feelings and uh, some people in the media have taken shots at uh, the people that have weather duties in the media. I'm not really going to go there, but 
I will say this. I I was able to go to work both days, but I live relatively close to where I work, and I do have a four-wheel drive vehicle. The first four-wheel drive vehicle I've ever owned or, or driven regularly. We've had one in the house, but so so that makes a difference. But I will say this, that on Thursday morning, in the peak of the storm, I had uh, signed up to call a couple of state tournament games over in St. Paul at the girls' hockey tournament on uh, the streaming service, NSPN.TV. So the schedule came out early in the week, and I had signed up to call Andover's win over Rosemount. And then I had analyst duties on the second game, and that was Edina and Lakeville North. So I was the main play-by-play guy on the first game. So with my experience, I'm thinking to myself, I don't want to be late. I want to be there at least an hour early, so I'm going to err on the side of caution. So I got up Thursday morning, uh, made sure I had everything I needed, uh, Chromebook, all my prep materials for that opening game. Uh, Once again, Andover and Rosemount. And I got on the road from home around 7.45, but I stopped at my full-time job down the road in Brooklyn Park, checking a few things, see what's going on, check in with some of the folks I work with and let them know, hey, I'm headed for St. Paul. I will be back later in the day. So if it's an emergency, here's how you reach me. Otherwise, I'll be back in to mop things up late in the day. Then I headed for St. Paul. Well, enough people had heeded the warning. Schools were canceled. People had stayed home from work. It really wasn't that bad on the drive from Brooklyn Park to downtown St. Paul. So I took 610 over to 10, 10 to 35W, picked up 10 again, jumped on 694 over to 35E, and then took 35E downtown. The worst part of the drive is when uh, the Cowboys, driving 75 miles an hour, kick up the blizzard going by. There was one guy driving a dock truck. I have absolutely no idea what he was thinking. I didn't catch the company. I didn't catch any license number. This this guy in a dock truck in those weather conditions 30, Thursday morning had to be driving 75 miles an hour. When any sort of truck or dock truck or semi goes by, it, it turns into whiteout conditions. It, it was insane. I have no idea. Uh, what this guy, what this gal was thinking driving that truck. Other than that, it was pretty smooth over to St. Paul. And then by the time that second game was over uh, between Edina and Lakeville North, I got to the River Center ramp, hopped in my vehicle. It wasn't bad. So, you know, with that storm, I, I maybe it's because it was so hyped that this would, you know, equal the Halloween blizzard, I remember we had back-to-back storms uh, the year I graduated from high school in 82. 
I think there was a 17-inch and a 19-inch storm. Bottom line is, over about a three- or four-day period here in the cities, we got almost three feet of snow. You can look it up. So I was kind of along the lines expecting something Halloween blizzard-like, winter of 82-like, and it didn't come to that. So while I'm not disappointed, um, and, and I'm glad that schools aired on the side of caution, with that said, though, as it turned out, they could have had school here in the cities on Wednesday. Snow really didn't come in until late in the day. I mean, they 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 could have had kids in school on Wednesday. Thursday, not so much. But uh, yeah, yeah, I it's it's I a domino effect too, though, with like daycare yeah. and everything. Like if you have if you pull kids, like on they on in my opinion, like you said, unnecessarily on Wednesday, it's the usual domino effect of. All right, now I have to leave work to find you know childcare and stuff like that. It's it's all. Oh. It, it, I don't know why this week of all weeks I decided to kind of take that like look at that perspective. And the more I thought about it, I'm like, that sounds traumatizing as a parent knowing that I have to leave work now because the school district my kid is currently enrolled at won't you know tough it out for this day because Wednesday was pretty spotless if you really want to look into it because Thursday was the really bad day from early in the morning till midday. That was the good chunk of snow. Wednesday I didn't really I wasn't really bothered by the commuting on Wednesday. It wasn't really that bad. Yeah, no, Wednesday wasn't a problem because what we got on Tuesday was just kind of a run of the mill yeah. um winter system that we've all been through and we can soldier on. I, I went and did uh a, a ball game that night on cable TV in the northern suburbs Tuesday night, for example Number one Park Center at number nine Andover, and the Pirates held off the Huskies. It was a whale of a ball game. Uh, but th- there was a great crowd there. People were not faced, and it had snowed, and it did snow overnight. But I felt like Wednesday, and I think that's where the frustration comes in. It's like, wait a minute, and, and I think you hit the nail on the head, Josh. People got frustrated because Wednesday turned out to be a major disappointment on the fact that kids could have gone to school today, and especially those parents with younger kids in elementary school. The older kids, it's kind of like, all right, don't burn down the house. I'm going to work. But you can't leave the little kids at home alone. Well, and, so it is disruptive. And, 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 and I get that, and I think that's where a lot of the frustration came in. Well, and yeah, and even my my wife is a teacher at a school too, and yep. with her, with the way it works with her is you only get a certain amount of distance learning days uh, to to burn up uh, to burn up during the school year before it's like, all right, well, you don't get any more now. You have to pretty much take an unpaid, you know, distance learning oh, day. Oh, for sure. It's, it's and and that's the thing is Wednesday could have easily been avoided just by having them go to school in some sense, even if it's just the teachers working from the school, like. No, we're going to have everybody stay home, just be precautionary about it. When I went to Osseo, I didn't get a day off. Like, there was no snow days because, you know, every other school district in the, around the metro would close, and Osseo would be, like, the last one standing. And that's just how oh, yeah. it worked. And it's just kind of crazy how now it's, like, completely 180, just totally different story. Yeah, and, and I get it. They want to err on the side of caution, and it did help. 
the cleanup efforts. And in all of this, I, I do want to salute the, the crews, whether it's the local crews or the county crews or, or the MnDOT snow removal folks. They, they do an amazing job in difficult conditions. And, and law enforcement and all the first responders that are out there, you know, the, the, the people that are driving too fast or uh, make a mistake and put it in the ditch, you know, th- th- those are the people that you really have to tip your cap to. But I, I wouldn't say I was angry or going to rip anyone for getting it wrong, but, you know, in hindsight, they could have had school on Wednesday. Thursday morning, no doubt, was a bad deal, and the fact that they kept people off the roads uh, was good. And, you know, did it live up to the Halloween blizzard? No. Um, and I I think, you know, d- does it live up to the hype usually? I mean, it's kind of like the old Super Bowl. You know, how often does the Super Bowl live up to the hype? Uh, not Not very often. It, the the game rarely lives up to the buildup. 4.30 here at News Talk, A3O-WCCO. Still a lot to come. Jace Frederick covers the Timberwolves for the Pioneer Press. They came out of the All-Star break with an ugly loss to the Hornets last night. Ouch. And then uh, a little bit later on, we'll talk NASCAR for the Athletic. Big changes coming to California they're at. Uh, Fontana, California. It'll be the final race on that two-mile track. Uh, Jordan Bianchi joins us. We'll talk wild. Dane Mizutani of the Pioneer Press uh, as well, all before 6 o'clock. By the way, that 1A girls hockey title game, late period number one, Orono and Warroad tied at 1-1. Tonight, Andover against Gentry Academy. Huskies trying to win their second straight and their third in four years tonight over the Stars. That starts at 7 o'clock in St. Paul. We'll have the weather in a moment here on News Talk. E3O-WCCO. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Timberwolves out of the break had the Charlotte Hornets and got beat by the Charlotte Hornets at Target Center. Joining us to talk about that, 20 to go in the regular season. Jace Frederick joins from the Pioneer Press online at TwinCities.com. Jace, that was a bad loss on Friday night. Yeah, added to the list, Steve. Uh, This team has lost a lot of games it should not have lost to teams 
that frankly are just seller dwellers who are kind of playing up the string this season. Uh, teams that, you know, a lot of people could say are trying to lose games, are trying to tank for high draft picks, and those teams are, are beating Minnesota. Um, and it's it's been kind of the same old story. The Wolves come out looking not ready to play, not ready to compete at a high level, almost as if they're expecting a victory. And, and they play themselves into these situations where with five minutes left, it's a coin flip, and anything can happen in those games, and Minnesota keeps dropping them. And, you know, like it's, they're 500. They're in a super competitive Western Conference. They've got a, an incredibly daunting schedule down the stretch run here. And that was just when you have to have. That's when you have to take a professional approach and win to give yourself some momentum, maybe a little breathing room, an extra victory in the standings. And, and they didn't do it. Um, this team has overlooked opponents and been, played pretty inconsistent basketball all season. And at that point, I guess we just kind of have to say, like, that's who they are. Yeah, and any given night in the NBA, let's face it, these guys still play in the association. They are good players. It, you know, it, it is amazing. E- even a team like, you know, Charlotte that's not trying to win, these guys at the end of the bench are still tremendous athletes, and they do have pride. And you, you've heard it before. I've heard it before. You let these guys hang around, and it's kind of like, hey, we got a chance to win one. Why don't we go out and win it? Yeah, it's 100% it. Um, you know, like, if you bury them in the third quarter, they'll be like, yep, right. okay, there it goes again, let go of the rope. But, you know, a team that's won 18 games now, um, that's it for Charlotte this year? Yeah, like, if there's eight, ten minutes left, and you're like, oh, wow, we've got a shot, like, you're going to turn it up a notch because you haven't had that feeling that many times this year. And, like, Charlotte definitely has NBA players. Like, they're not somebody who's so banged up um, that they're playing a bunch of people you haven't heard of. Uh, you know, they're playing LaMelo Ball. They're Terry Rozier, like B.J. Washington. You know, the, the list goes on. Kelly Oubre, like guys who have done things in the league, who've succeeded, who can score, who have skill. Like, And a team that already beat Minnesota this year. So, like, for Minnesota, to seemingly, at least in the first half, overlook another opponent, something that has done so many times this year, pretty inexcusable. Um, and that's just, it, it really has been kind of a defining trait of this team this season. Yeah, and those games are so meaningful. You look at the one against Charlotte last night. You brought up a couple against Detroit. San Antonio comes to mind. I mean, there there are a handful of games where you're just like, wow. And and how meaningful would that be for the Timberwolves right now? Instead of 30 and 30 to be 35 and 25, it, you'd have a completely different feel about this club with 20 to go. You would, Steve, you would be talking about Minnesota trying to secure the number two seed in the Western Conference. Right. Um, and and instead we are looking at it as like a top six seed and avoiding the play-in. That doesn't look likely. Um, that, that's going to be really difficult to do considering their schedule. So you're right. Like it is the difference in thinking of yourself as like a contender in a conference uh, versus a team that's just trying to make the playoffs. Um, and and that's, that's the reality. Like an NBA season, you have to take every game seriously. You have yeah. to take a professional approach, at least, you know, for 90% of the year. Yeah, I mean, a couple are going to get away from you. But the high volume of games that has gotten away from Minnesota, like, there's just no reason for that. Um, and, and it's hard to take a team seriously when it continues to boot those kinds of contests away. And uh, for the record, 31-31 and 31 is the Timberwolves' record. But, but there's a lot of teams around them that, you know, you, you can't say this is a foregone conclusion that, you know, they're going to prevail because, you know, even Oklahoma City and Portland, you know, they're not out of it. Right now they're 11 and 12. Even can say to the Lakers at 14 games out of first place, 
they're still in the mix. And, oh, by the way, the Lakers are coming up on the trip. Yeah, and, you know, the Lakers, they made that deal that brought them D'Angelo Russell, who's sprained his ankle, so he might miss that game this week. But Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, a bunch of familiar faces, pieces that fit really well alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I think the Lakers expect themselves to go on a little bit of a roll here and surge up the standings. So, yeah, you're right. Like, even the play-in position is tenuous uh, for Minnesota. And and the goals this year are higher than that. And I know Carl Anthony Towns has been out a lengthy period of time, and that's going to kind of force you to recalibrate expectations, I guess. But, like, the goal was to be a team that contends to get move into the second round of the playoffs and beyond. And now we're just looking at it as, like, you know, securing a play-in spot is not a guarantee. And then getting out of the play-in is going to be a significant challenge if they do end up in that because it's going to be a bunch of good teams. Um, so, yeah, Minnesota has itself in a tight spot, and it's going to have to play some really good basketball against some really good basketball teams over this next month or so. And that's kind of the position you put yourself in. Um, when you don't take care of the business that needs to be taken care of, um, now you have to really scratch and claw. Yeah, and I'm a bit surprised. I know Mike Conley's knew the trade wasn't made that long ago, but you would think in a situation, Mike Conley's been through the wars, Rudy Gobert's been through it, that in a situation like this, that veteran leadership would step up at at some point and, you know, do Conley and Gobert try and take over and say, guys, you know, we got to have this one tonight. It just didn't seem that, you know, there was anyone too interested in, you know, getting it done. That That's what makes it puzzling. It's not like it's a bunch of 20, 21-year-old guys out there trying to figure it out. Right. It's Gobert. It's Mike Conley. It's Kyle Anderson. It's like guys who've been around and done yep. things in the league. Um, who, Like you said, understand the importance of those games, understand, you know, like having urgency, bringing intensity. But I think at the end of the day, and this is kind of the weird mesh on the Wolves roster I mean, and in their rotations. Like, yes, you've got those veterans, but it sure feels much more like Anthony Edwards and Jane McDaniels are kind of the tone setters and how they play on a given night are going to have far more to do um, with, with how Minnesota performs on a night-to-night basis. Like, Anthony Edwards is the engine for Minnesota, and he's 21, and guess what? He's going to be inconsistent. He's going to make youthful mistakes, uh, and and. I think that is kind of is why Minnesota has been an inconsistent team because, you know, that's tw- a 21 year old is kind of leading the charge and, and that's going to be true no matter what veterans you put around him. Like he's still going to, you know, make those mistakes. He's going to have it some nights and maybe not others. Like he's not going to have the same approach every single night because that comes with time. So that's, what's interesting about Minnesota who via, you know, off, off season and in season acquisitions seems to be like in a win now type of mode when you look at parts of their roster. But you kind of wonder like is it Anthony Edwards and Jaden McDaniels at this early stage in their career, are they ready to consistently win at that kind of high level? It doesn't always look like it. So it definitely is like two sides of the coin uh, for Minnesota, uh, just given, you know, just literally their starting lineup. Um and 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 it, it's been interesting to watch the two sides of that play out. A very veteran portion, and then a couple really young guys who are still like learning a lot of those things about the NBA. You brought up Cat earlier. He's been out an extended period with, with an injury. Uh, the thought is now that he will return at some point before the end of the regular season. What we do know is the Timberwolves were healthy early in the season, and it just wasn't working. So there is that challenge of, Cat returns. Now what? Who who kind of becomes the go-to guy? Does it go back to Cat? Is it less about Ant? And and that 
could be very interesting as well if they can figure it out on the fly because they certainly didn't do it early in the year. Yeah, it's not only that. Um, I think Ant and Cat have played together enough to where, like, the the taking turns on offense and whatnot and the balance there, they'll figure it sure. out. Ant and Cat are pretty good in the pick-and-roll, pick-and-pop combination themselves. Like, I'm not so much worried about that. For me, it was like that fit with Cat and Gobert was really awkward in those first 21 games. Like, defensively, Cat was guarding guys that he just wasn't best suited to cover, um, having to guard a lot of power forwards, stretch guys. Um, guys who could get him in space and, and kind of take advantage of the mismatch there. Um, and then Minnesota with Towns and Gobert on the court were just slow. Uh, it was really hard for them to get back in position. Teams were just pushing, 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 and, and frankly abusing Minnesota in, in fast breaks. And so how are they going to adjust to that? Are the other guys on the court going to be even better at getting back in transition to negate that advantage for the opponent? Like there's so many things they're going to have to work in and, and, you know, like the offense will somewhat become cat centric, even if it's ant and cat centric. So like, you know, guys are going to have to make different adjustments and ABS to do different things. And, and these are all against good teams that you're going to have to beat. Um, so like, it's going to be an, an acclimation period that will have zero room for error. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to watch. So Timberwolves hit the road. They go out west, and uh, a lot of teams around them in the standings, Golden State, the L.A. Clippers, the L.A. Lakers trail them. Uh, the surprising Sacramento Kings all coming up on this trip to California. And then after that, doesn't get a whole lot easier because the Sixers come to town on Tuesday, March 7th. And once again, that you look at that schedule, and you've alluded to it, Jace. Uh, this isn't easy, and you know the, the, this trip in itself, you, you got Golden State trying to figure it out. Uh, it seems as though the Clippers are always dealing with injuries. Uh, the Lakers, uh, you, you mentioned D'Angelo Russell, but you know, are they ready to take off? Will they indeed take off? And then uh, the the surprising Kings as well. I I think they're one of the great stories in the NBA this year. They they just continue to overachieve, in my opinion. Yeah, Mike Brown's done a phenomenal job. I think he's the front runner and should be at least the front runner to win NBA Coach of the Year in his first year in Sacramento. Like this isn't a team that's been in the playoffs since I don't remember exactly the date, but it's like a farther stretch than it, it is. I think it's the longest stretch in basketball since they've last been in the playoffs. Um, it's you know like 15 plus years or whatever, uh, and they've been great this year. Like they seem to be all but assured of a playoff spot. De'Aaron Fox, Demontis Sabonis, had two All Stars. Those guys have really come along. They've worked well as a combination. Malik Monk's been really good. He had like 40 points off the bench for them last night in that wild, like 176-175 double overtime win over the Clippers. That was just an all-time regular season game last night. Um, they're really good, um, and it's it's just like four games here with Minnesota that like every team is really good, and you're on the road. And, and frankly, if you split it, that would normally be good, but you'll find yourself still in – you know, the play-in pack if you do that, and if you somehow do worse than that, which is frankly would be acceptable in most instances, now you're two games below 500, and it, it's this is really difficult for Minnesota because like, the margin for error is almost nil, um, and, and they're going to have to play some great basketball. Wow. Yeah. And it uh, starts with that loss last night. Ouch. Uh, Jace, always good to visit with you, and uh, hopefully we can do it again down the road. Awesome. Thanks so much, Steve. Appreciate it. Have a good rest of your day. All right. There he is, Jace Frederick of the Pioneer Press, online at TwinCities.com. 
covers the Timberwolves. So uh, the Timberwolves strike out on the road. You'll hear them all here uh, once again uh, Sunday. The pregame show at 6 will be the Timberwolves and the Warriors from San Francisco. And then on Tuesday night, late start, L.A. Clippers, pregame 8.30. And then uh, Friday, Lakers, uh, pregame 9 o'clock Friday night. And then next Saturday, they'll be in Sacramento to play the Kings. Another late start, pregame 8.30. So big four-game road trip to California coming up. 4.49, 11 minutes now in front of five here at News Talk, E3O-WCCO. Follow up on our weather chat where people seem disappointed that the storm wasn't bigger, badder, meaner, more disruptive than it turned out to be. Um, we, we did get a text on our Cities One Plumbing Talk and text line. And we talked about schools. As it turned out, they, they, they probably could have had school on Wednesday. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. I get that. Um, but the reason they closed schools on Wednesday... Because the prediction was for the storm to be bad by midday. They weren't worried about getting kids to school. They were worried about getting them home. I I get all of that. And to make the announcement early allows parents to make plans that have daycare concerns, etc. I, I think it allowed workplaces. I also think there's another factor, and I just thought about this. That with all the COVID stuff and all the disruptions... The, the ability for kids to maybe um, do a remote learning day, and I know some districts had that expectation it wasn't a straight-up snow day or, or they'd have a remote learning day. More parents have the ability to work from home. I, I get that. So there is maybe a little more flexibility uh, in people's lifestyles. It, it still is very disruptive, nevertheless, but... You know, I was actually happy that where I live in northern Hennepin County, we didn't seem to get as much snow. I mean, granted, there was cleanup. It, it, it wasn't particularly fun, but it it wasn't as bad as it could have been. But but don't call me disappointed. Uh, call me relieved on that front. Period two underway. It is uh, the girls' class A championship game, Orono and Warroad. Tied at one once again, early period number two. Orwood trying to win their second straight. And uh, Orono trying to win a championship there. And then later in the 2A title game, it'll be Andover against Gentry Academy. If you're not familiar with Gentry Academy, uh, they're a school in Vadness Heights. And, of course, Andover's won two of the last three titles including uh, the double-A title a year ago where they beat Minnetonka. Edina beat Minnetonka for third, so the number one seed skippers go one and two in this state tournament. Twins earlier in the day today. Oh, it was good to hear a ball game. Uh, Kenta Maeda did a nice job. And when, when I turned the game on, it was great to hear Chris Atterbury and Dan Gladden start at high noon. And Maeda, first batter, laces a double to the wall, and I'm like, uh-oh. And then uh, Ken Tamaeda uh, settled down. And he's a big part of this. They have a lot of veteran starters, but if Maeda 
can return to pre-injury form, that is a big deal. I, I'm a big fan of his. I think he does a good job game in, game out, and and hopefully he's ready to go. I don't know what you think, Josh, but uh, my Ada to me is a huge key this year. Yeah, I can't wait to see kind of what the impact is he makes this year. I'm hoping it's not <clears> – <throat> I feel like it's always a 50-50 shot with these guys when they do have surgery, and yep. I'm hoping Kenta Maeda can just kind of prove that – He's still got a healthy arm. He's, st- he's at a decent age where he's still – you don't necessarily have to worry about you know that being a factor in his pitching arm, but I'm hoping that he can not necessarily – I guess I don't want to set the bar at be as good as you were when you when you left, but you know, it's maybe maybe he'll be just fantastic. Uh, Liriano was great after his, but eventually that kind of dimmed out once he had Tommy John and came back. So I'm hoping uh, Kenta Maeda can – Maybe prove all the naysayers wrong because uh, I feel like he's kind of been the one that's been left in the dust when it comes to talking about this rotation. But we also haven't known when he was going to return until, you know, the last few months. Yeah, and, and there was a little bit of talk uh, uh, among some of the beat writers where they felt like he probably could have returned at the end of last season, and that was the timeline. And they said, no, we're going to take it easy. Yeah, yeah you want to play it safe. Yeah, he, he's saying all the right things. Uh, gave up that double, and it's like, uh-oh. And then he came back and uh, was able to keep that runner off the board. Twins go on and beat the Rays 8-4. to In the split squad game today, they lose uh, to the Orioles 10-5. to And things looking up in Baltimore after some lean years as well. Uh, Twins back at it tomorrow. Joe Ryan will be on the mound. No radio. Uh, they play the Phillies on Sunday and then radio coming up on Monday, Twins and Red Sox at noon. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.